Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. So good to see your smiling faces here in person and today online. We're going to do something I've never done before, which is have a conversation on a stage in front of people. Fisher said, Pastor Fisher said, we're going to have a conversation on the stage, and this is going to be the most uncomfortable conversation I've ever had. Uh, man, we love you guys. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. So, uh, well, hey, uh, again, we really are glad that, that you're here, and if this is your first time here, it's going to look a little different today than, uh, than what it has looked like in the past. We've been in a series called Retold, and we've been looking at some familiar stories in the Bible that we would have heard as children. Many of you would have taught them to your children or taught them in a Sunday school class or in one of our classes here, and we've been looking at some of the grit and the honesty of those stories. Today, we're going to take a break from that, so I would encourage you, if you've missed any of those messages, to go online to Crosspoint Waverly. Com. Find us on YouTube or Facebook or Spotify and, uh, and listen to those there. I've asked Pastor Fisher and also Pastor Levinsky to join me on the stage today to do something a little bit different. Pastor Fisher oversees our production ministry, so all of the sound, all of the lights, all of the live, live stream stuff. If you're online today, just type in there, thank you, Pastor Fisher. We love you. You're amazing. And so it's because of him that uh, that, that stuff gets set up and he leads those areas. In addition to that, he's the director of our uh, School of Arts that we're going to talk about today. And, uh, and so we love him, so grateful for him. And then Pastor Levinsky is our uh, worship ministries pastor, and he leads worship, obviously, on Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, college ministry on Sunday night, and he is a huge blessing to our team as well. Would you join me in expressing appreciation to both of them? This morning, I thought I would that we would take a few moments and, uh, and just talk with you and share our testimonies. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11 says that they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And the three of us have three very different testimonies. We have three very different upbringings, three very different personalities, and yet God has brought all of us together for the season and for this moment. And the one thing that's central to our testimonies and to our story is our love of Jesus, right? I mean, that's central to our lives. That's the one central thing that we have in common. I was in a leadership seminar a couple of months ago with some people from corporate America, and I'll tell you, I didn't know any of them. Not a single one of them, and it's just rare that I step into environments where I don't know anybody, and this was one of those. And I was like, wow, now I know what it's like for some of you when you come to church for the very first time and you don't know anybody. Uh, so if, anyway, so I'm in this Zoom deal, and this question was asked. They said, tell us about three defining moments in your life that have brought you to where you are today. I don't know these people. I've never met them, I don't know their stories, I don't know if they're followers of Jesus, and if they're not followers of Jesus. The, uh, the person who was given the seminar uh, just pointed out different people at different times, and so the group knew that I pastor a church. And so when this question was asked, I'm like, I cannot answer the question of how I got today and the defining moments that led here without talking about my faith. And so I just said to them, 
I said, listen, you know that I'm a pastor, and I can't talk to you about how I got here without talking about my faith. So you just need to know, I'm not about to preach to you, but the only way that I can tell you about those defining moments that shaped who I am today is to talk about my faith. And so I talked about the first defining moment, that in a New Year's Eve watch night service, 1992, Jesus found me. In Matthew, excuse me, Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, it says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And when I was 11 years old at that New Year's Eve watch night service, that was when Jesus found me. And I became a follower of him. And I'll tell you that my life has not been perfect. I've never stood up here on a Sunday morning and even pretended to be perfect today, right? But what I will tell you is that 30 years later, I love Jesus more now than I ever have. Pastor Levinsky, why don't you talk to us about your faith journey? Absolutely. So for me, I've always grown up in church for as long as I could remember. Um, my family is from Haiti. I'm from Haiti. Uh, and we went to a Haitian church growing up. And in this particular church, I'm not saying that this is every Haitian church, but I just remember that this particular Haitian church that we went to they focused more on the outward appearance rather than the heart. Mm. And so, um, like, if you wanted to get baptized, and you believed in Jesus Christ, but you wanted to get baptized, but you publicly sinned against someone else, you weren't allowed to get baptized. Wow. If, you, um, if you wanted to take communion, but everybody knew that you weren't giving of your tithes, so in, <laughs> in our church... <laughs> In the Haitian church, <laughs> the offering bucket was in the front of the stage, you know, like front of the stage. And so everybody would line up to give up their tithes. Wow. And if you didn't stand up to give up your tithes, everybody knew. Wow. <laughs> and so if you weren't giving up your tithes and your offerings and you wanted to take communion, you couldn't take communion. Wow. It was focused more on the outward appearance. If you didn't own a suit and tie, you weren't allowed in the building. Mm. Wow. It's just how I grew up. And so I grew up with this notion that God was a harsh God, mm. that he was a harsh father. Later on, my mom and my dad, they split up. They got divorced, and that wrecked me. And then I just realized that, like, you know what? I just need to know God for myself. I, so I started to open up the scriptures. I started to read verses like Romans 8, 38 and 39, where it says, for um, nothing is impossible Nothing can separate us from the yeah, love of Christ yeah. that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I started reading scriptures like Romans 8.1 where it says, For now there is no condemnation in those who are, for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I started to realize that there is grace from Jesus, that God wanted us to be saved. That God had a wonderful love for us. And so the more and more I read the scriptures, the more and more I wanted to be with the Father. The more and more I opened up his word and read his word, the more and more I realized that he had a wonderful love for my life. Yeah. And that was just the beginning of it. That was the beginning of my faith journey, me opening up the scriptures. Wow. So, Pastor Fisher, tell us about your faith journey. Yeah, what was that, that like? Dude, that's awesome that you would, you know, have that search for yourself, that personal yeah. search in the scripture. That's great. Well, I've known Jesus all my life, not in a Haitian church, but a Methodist church. <laughs> Very, Small very different. What I can hear. I still very have a different. Shirt on, but Thanks for clarifying this. Yeah, I still barely own a suit, so I really wouldn't wouldn't make it there. 
Um, <laughs> but I don't know that I really knew that it was personal for me. You know, it was really intimate and individual for me. But I accepted him in high school through a, a YFC Youth for Christ caravan in Colorado where we'd camp outside and get rained on and wake up to, like, elk outside. It was awesome. Yeah. Wow. The rain wasn't so awesome, but... Yeah, like this morning. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, like, it's good. Thank God for a house and a roof. <laughs> um, and then, so that was in high school. When I went to college, I didn't have to go to church anymore for the first time in my life, so I didn't, you know, I didn't go to church. I didn't have that connection. Um, I started living for the world. Um, you know, I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, Kari, and I was you know, drinking and partying and all that stuff. And just kind of floating through life without knowing that I was even missing out. Mm. Um, and then, I'll talk about this more later, but someone called me from Crosspoint before it even had a name or was, you know, officially really a church to, to come check out this new church. And I came here and got involved in the worship team. And through that, people in this church, a lot of you in this room, and Pastor Jonathan just spoke to me about how you can't do it two, both ways. You know, I can't live for the world, you know, and, and do church. Like, they knew I, I could do better. I was missing out on all this, sure. all this stuff. So they spoke, you know, the truth to me, and at first I was ashamed and kind of embarrassed about it, but God really started to convict me and kind of shave away the areas of my life that weren't pleasing to him, and, um, you know, fast forward to now, I work at Crosspoint. Come on. Uh, yeah, come my on. kids go here, yeah. Um, my wife and I are more in love than ever, and, Praise you know, God. really, we love God more than ever before. Praise God. So It's amazing. It's cool that Crosspoint is so, so involved in, in that. Yeah. yeah. Your faith journey. Yeah, it's awesome. So we, we have Jesus in common in our lives, but we also share another thing that kind of connects us to our faith. It's related, and that's music. So Pastor Levinsky, tell us about how music shaped kind of your faith journey and how it's related. You bet. So for me, um, music, you know, I love music. I love playing music on stage. Uh, for me, music was an anchor to Jesus and to the church. Mm. Um, my brother and I, we lived in Haiti when I was four years old. And we lived with my aunt, who I thought was my mom at the time. And that's a whole crazy story in itself. I'm not going to get into that. But I remember my aunt literally grabbing branches out of a tree, right, and um, taking out leaves and all of that stuff so that she can make drumsticks out of them. Because we weren't, we didn't have the money to buy drumsticks, and so she just thought it would be a good idea to get branches. And, and I remember her going into the house and grabbing pots and pans, setting them on the floor so that I can bang on them. Because she realized quickly that I had a passion for music. I had a passion for drumming. I remember us going to... Hey, uh, let me stop you real quick. I just ahead. have to ask you this question. Yeah. Uh, did you have a smile on your face this big when, uh, when you were playing as a kid? Oh. <laughs> I did not know that was coming. <laughs> yeah, you did it. So listen, back in May, Pastor Levinsky <laughs> filled in on the drums on a Sunday morning, and he had a blast. Look oh, at that yeah. smile it on his awesome. face. <laughs> so thanks, Pastor Fisher, for getting that in there this that morning awesome. about Pastor Levinsky knowing. <laughs> it was awesome. It was good it timing. Was. Yes, I did. I probably it, did back in those times. All oh. right. Sorry for interrupting. You go to church. You, and, I went to church. And yeah. <laughs> And, and it, was, it was a Haitian church. Obviously, we were in Haiti at the time. And, um, and a Haitian church is way different from American no. church. Yes, way different. It, like, the worship team was a free-for-all, right? Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a free-for-all. It didn't matter who you are. As long as you can make music and worship Jesus, you're in. 
kind of thing. Yeah. It was, you're just in. Hey, you know what we saw when we were there? We've taken a couple of missions trips there, and uh, some of you would really appreciate the sound guy qualifications. So the qualification to run sound in a Haitian church is if you can turn the volume all the way up till it squeals and then just dial it back just a little bit. That's the only qualification that is the quali- <laughs> for running sound there. That is definitely the qualification. So it was a good time. And I remember being on stage next to the drums. No one cared. And I was so fascinated by the drummer drumming, and he actually had drumsticks in his hands, and it was all good. And, and I remember I just, I was intrigued by it, and I was passionate about, about it, and I wanted to be a part. And so what did I do? I had my hands, he had drumsticks, all was good, and I started banging on the drums, right? And no one cared. We were just having a good time worshiping Jesus. And there were a couple times where he would, I remember this, he would do a drum roll, Right, and he would accidentally hit my hand with the drumsticks. That sucker hurt. I bet. <laughs> but I didn't care. I just continued to keep banging on the drums because I just wanted to be a part. I w- and I was four years old at the time. I still remember that. And um, so I've always wanted to do music. I've always wanted to be a part with me, like just in music. And growing up in the church, I had every opportunity to be a part of a band. I had opportunities to do different gigs, but I chose not to do those things, not because they were bad, but because I knew, number one, I had a love for Jesus, and I had a love for music, and so in my head, to put those two things together, I had to join the worship team. Mm. But then I realized that I needed to get good. Sure. It's one thing when you are playing by yourself and you're good, it's another thing when you are on a worship team with other people and you're trying to figure out the dynamics, I had to get good really quick. I, a lot of people ask me this, Pastor Levinsky, how did you learn how to play the guitar? How did you learn how to play the piano or the drums? I tell them every time, YouTube. That's what I had. Wow. I literally searched up, how do you play Let It Be by the Beatles or something like, you know, like I just wanted to learn how to play, but I didn't have the one-on-one experience with a teacher. I wish I did. I wish I had somebody saying, hey, you sounded good here, but you could work on this area, right? And then I could go home, do my homework, and and learn how to do those things that I needed to learn. But I didn't have, have that. So I needed to go the extra mile and learn by myself. And, um, and then later on, God put a call on my life to be a worship pastor, and it got serious even more, so I had to learn even more, and it's who I am today. I, I'm, I'm a worship pastor, and I love my calling. I love being here at this church and serving you guys, but um, I just love being in ministry. But every time somebody, when I talk about ministry, people often think, oh, yeah, vocational ministry. Sure. He's getting paid for this, but... What I'm talking about is, like, listen, I've done music in the church long before I ever got paid right, for it. Right, Long before I ever got yeah. paid for it. And, and I have to believe about you that even if we didn't pay you, that you would be doing music in the church. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's all I know. I want to serve We're not Jesus. making a plan to do that. I'm just, right. <laughs> you know, I'm just talking about your heart here. Honestly, I'd figure it out. <laughs> really, I'd figure it out. <laughs> as long as I could play music for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, Pat, Mackenzie said this yesterday. She said that the true heroes of the church are those who serve in church. Yeah. Who aren't even getting paid for it. Who yeah. just come in week in and week out and show up and show out. 
Yeah. You know, and so for those I, of you who are serving, go ahead. You no, know, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't think that most of the people in the church have an idea who aren't on the worship team what's involved and what takes place here. So why don't you tell people what time they get here on Sunday oh, morning? They get here at 645 every morning. Yeah, every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday morning. And they practice, they come prepared, they come ready, and they have smiles on their faces. Yeah. I mean, some of us were soaking wet this morning, <laughs> but we didn't care because we wanted Thank to Thank you, serve. Chuck Cluel. Uh, he just so <laughs> happened to be driving by at the exact same time I was pulling up, and so I was able to park over in the fairway parking lot, and he drove me over here. So yeah. thank you, Jesus, yeah. and Chuck Cluel. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, that's right. Living right. So... <laughs> Let me wrap this up, please. <laughs> and so that's just been my music journey. You know, it's been an anchor, you know, anchor to Jesus and to his church. So, um, Pastor Fisher, what's your music journey? Yeah, first, just let that be a warning. If you sneak on stage to the drums, they are trained to smack your hands. <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. Yeah. We have don't rules here. Yeah. We don't allow it's it. It's not a Haitian church. Yeah. Same for the sound, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, music was kind of an introduction to Jesus. So when I first learned, uh, let me start at the beginning. So I was born, and I was always musical. My mom will tell you the story that if the radio was on, I was like bobbing my head, and now my son does the same little thing yeah. like this, and he has a little guitar, and he holds it up in the air. I was like, we'll work on how to play it. That's a great start, you know. Um, but it really started when in junior high, I got, you know, I got a real guitar, and I started taking lessons from this little old lady down the street. I remember her house and her face and everything. And she was teaching me, like, Yankee Doodle and Happy Birthday. And I was like, come on, friends, come check it out. Let me get my guitar. Yankee Doodle. You guys heard this one? Yeah. No, it's not on the radio. No, no. Um, it's from childhood. Uh, so I quit that because I just wanted to rock. Um, that great song if you love it. But um, So I quit that, and then my mom forced me. She said, take a month of lessons with someone else. If you hate it, you can quit forever. I was like, I'll do it, but I, like, I already had my mind made up. I'm going to quit. Like, this is, clearly isn't going to work. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Thanks for forcing <laughs> him to give it one more shot. Yeah. When you grow up, you realize your parents really didn't know what they were doing. Mm. Hopefully my kids mm. Can you say that louder say. for yeah. those in the back? It's recorded, Mom. You can listen to it again and again. Yeah, you were right. Um, so after the first lesson with this new teacher, when I found the right teacher, I was hooked. I mean, I played every single night, all the time. Uh, my sister and I took lessons, so I would take lessons first. I would come out. She would go in. I would play in the hallway until they were done, and then I'd ask for more stuff. It was probably super annoying to the teacher, but I was just so passionate about it. You know, I loved it so much. I had found what, what God had put in my life to use, and that was music. So then I go off to college, and I, it, it's kind of a funny story. I was playing in my dorm room, and I could hear someone on the other side of the dorm room playing like, on the other side of the wall. And then like, we would just play and hear each other and never connect. And then eventually we did, and we started a band. And we played every weekend, multiple times a weekend, and that's kind of where some of those habits kind of started. Um, and then Kari and I were asked to come play at St. Paul's because um, her mom worked there, so they knew I played guitar, so we played before a talent show for the kids to kind of show them that it's fun to play and it's fun to be in front of people. Clearly, I've learned that lesson so confident up here and just, you know. Um, so we did that. We played for the kids, played some worship songs, and then left, kind of forgot about it. And then randomly out of the blue, Mark Mamathai calls me and says, hey, I'm a guy from Waverly, Iowa. We have this new get-together church with no name yet. Um, come check it out. And I just remember being so excited. Like, I, looking back, it was God telling me, like, you know, encouraging me to do this. But I was so excited to drive two hours from Dubuque and play at this random church. Or, you know, not even play, just check it out. Yeah. So I go to check it out. 
I'm sure I played the night before until one in the morning, then drove here. And then um, they're singing along with CDs, like there's no instruments on stage at all. They're just worshiping any way they can, which is really cool. And then um, I played for Kurt Reinhardt and some of the you know, OG worship people at Crosspoint. And then starting the next week, I think I've played on the stage every week yeah. almost since then. So, you know, thank God for Mark saying yes to the call of, you know, that God put on his life. He didn't know me at all. He didn't know how I'd react. Um, and then through Crosspoint and through worship, I've really just got an authentic relationship with, with Christ that I never had before. Music kind of opened the door to listen to the sermon and to see that church was for me and not just for, you know, for my parents or for older people. Um, yeah, so music, it, it showed me that church was cool and it was fun and now, you know, it's my job and it's awesome. I love it. And you do a great job at it. Yeah, thank you. you thank you. you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Pastor Jonathan, music has shaped uh, your life, too, with church, and it's looked a little different than mine, but can you t talk us through how that looked? Yeah, sure will. So, I've had a love of music my whole life, and growing up in church, music was a connection point for me, and I'll just tell you that it still is. Uh, it's a part of my daily life. Worship and music is just part of something that I do on a regular basis, and uh, for Pastor Fisher, music was really an introduction to you for the church, and I just love that story. I love that Mark Mummify was obedient to God to just invite, invite, you know, make the ask. And then through that, you've heard his testimony and what God has done in his life, where music was that introduction. And for you, Pastor Levinsky, music for you was an anchor to the church. It's, it's kept you in the church. And again, I go back to my story of it being a connecting point. So as a kid, I was, uh, I was part of a choir at the church. I uh, sang solos. I participated in fine arts. I was on the worship team at the church. And being part of those things kept me connected to the church. And I'll just tell you, honestly, I could not sing when I was a kid. It was, a, it was bad. And this isn't like a false sense of humility this morning that I'm expressing to you. I'm telling you, it was bad. And yet somehow, for some reason, I was given these opportunities to do this type of stuff. And so one, uh, one night, I stood up and sang this solo uh, in a church service, and it was so bad. And you say, how do you know it was bad? Well, there are multiple ways to know it's bad. Look, you, I mean, I can look out, and there were like some reactions of people. Yeah. You know, some people are just looking down. Like, I cannot make eye contact with this person right now. Like, are you serious? You know, and then there are other people who are like looking down and their whole bodies are shaking. <laughs> because they're like, is this a joke? You know, it was, it was bad. You know, speaking of shaking, like my whole leg would shake. And I'm from Memphis. I was not trying to impersonate Elvis, but it was just what my body did. So uh, I'll never forget at the end of that night, this lady came up and she gave me this note, and I still have it today. It's dated February 16th, 1994. I was 13 years old, and uh, there's a picture of it up on the screen, but here's what it says. It says, Dear Jonathan, I enjoyed your song tonight. Y'all, can I tell you, please don't lie in church. <laughs> she said, it especially blessed me because I could see how much you want to use your talent for God. Keep working to develop the talent he has given you, signed Miss Teddy Harris. And I'm just telling you that as a 13-year-old teenage boy, I thought I had arrived. I thought one day I'm going to pack stadiums and people are going to come listen to me sing because she just told me that. 
As an adult, I read this note and realize what she was saying in the most kind, gentle, compassionate way possible. You cannot sing. (laughs) Son, please, before you ever step up here again, keep working. Take some singing lessons to develop that talent that he's given to you. And so, again, without a false sense of humility, uh, I, I, I couldn't sing as a kid. But what I did do as a kid is I just said, Lord, here's my life. And if there's anything in my life that you want to use, I'll turn it around and use it for your glory. And I'm just telling you, God did something in my life. I started taking singing lessons uh, my senior year of high school. For those of you who are familiar with fine arts, I competed in fine arts from sixth grade until my senior year of high school, and I didn't get an invitation to nationals until my senior year. In my senior year, I tried out for All-State Choir, and I made fourth chair All-State Choir for bass, too. And some of you are like, you're a nerd. And I'll say, yes, I was, and still am. But I don't have certificates hanging in my office of those moments. Nobody's asked me in the last 22 years what I accomplished in high school. So I'm not sharing, you, sharing that story with you this morning as a trophy of, oh, how cool was I in high school that I did this. I'm telling you that because I believe that there are some dreams that God has placed within some of your hearts. And some of you have said those very words, God, here's my life. If there's anything in me that you can use, I'll use it for your glory. And so I just want to encourage you today, keep working to develop that talent. Don't give up on those dreams and make yourself available to God and put in the work. So uh, there are some of you who are like, I, that's me. I've prayed that prayer. I've said, God, here's my life. I want to be used by you. And some of you are like, I want to be used by God, especially in the area of music, but I need to develop that talent, and I don't know how to develop that talent. Man, I'm so glad you're here today because we've got great news for you. Yeah. We're going to launch a school of arts on October 2nd, and Pastor Fisher is going to be leading that. Yeah. So Pastor Fisher, why don't you talk about it? Oh, man, I'm so excited about this. I really believe that God has positioned this church, this staff, you know, and, and the instructors in the perfect spot just to, to do this. If you look at the talent we have on stage that God has provided this church, like, the amount of talent we have is crazy. Yeah. It's not normal for churches to right. have this or for even one get-together or gathering to have this, this much talent. So I, we just believe that God has set Crosspoint up perfectly to do this. So if, I just want to talk through some of the purposes that we have. You, you've heard the heart behind us, how the arts have affected us and our relationship with Christ. And now I just wanna tell you about what we're gonna do here. So there's three purposes. We have community purpose, crosspoint purpose, and um, like local church or other churches purposes. So for the community, we believe it's a place for people to learn the arts from Christian instructors. So we get to be models of Jesus, even without necessarily preaching or reading scripture over them, just to be like Jesus, right? I think our, our how we act is gonna be just a light to people. Yeah. It's an opportunity to be a blessing to the community. That, you know, the church exists to be a blessing to the community, to, be, to Waverly and surrounding areas. That's why we use our, our building for more than church. You know, we have other events here. And we think it's an opportunity to get people in the building that might never come into a church. So someone who, you know, went to church like me when they were younger and fell away, someone who's maybe been burned by the church, um, when they meet our instructors, when they come in for recitals and see our building, I just believe that God can move in them and yeah. they can see, you know, this is what church can be like. It can be fun. It can be engaging. And when they come on Sunday, they're going to learn that too. You know, God will just move. Uh, for Crosspoint specifically, there's some awesome goals that I have for it. I think that we could have a fully um, staffed by kids, kids worship team in PG's room, run by kids every week. That'd be amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And then those kids would go to the youth worship team and think about how much better they'd be when yeah, they're be, all that training. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, and then they would come up to the, the adult worship team and it'd be the same. So just calling out the gifts that these kids have um, and developing them and then sending them out, using it to serve. Like they get to use that gift to serve in our church. Yeah, so good. And also for other local churches, like we have some sent church from Cedar Falls. We have some instructors uh, that are from there. And we one of my dreams that would be that we would train up other worship teams. So, you know, say it's a church like Crosspoint, they have no instruments on stage, just singing with CDs, and someone would come here, we'd train them up, develop their gifts, send them back to their church, ready to serve, like ready to, to operate in that ministry. That would be awesome, just to yeah. be a blessing. So the sign-up for School of Arts starts right now. There's a table outside with some QR codes, and you can go to our website and sign up and register. It officially starts on October 3rd. But really the heart behind it is that we know that each of you, each of us, we have gifts from God. And some of us maybe have pushed those away because you didn't know how to develop them. This is how you can develop them. Yeah. We're gonna, you know, we want to train you up so that you can serve, like get you ready to serve God. Use your gifts that you have for, for him. And we know how beneficial that is. Like I was playing music and then I've played in church. Playing in church is way better. Like worshiping with your instrument is way more fulfilling. So yeah. that's what we want to do. We want to equip you uh, to use the tools that you have. Yeah, and Pastor Fisher, we even go back to, for me, talking about how music is a connection for me and God. And... So in those moments when you learn how to play the guitar, you learn how to play the keyboard, or you learn to play whatever instrument, there uh, are times then if you're, I mean, the two of you can worship God in your house with instruments. I don't play an instrument, so I have to play my phone. And uh, thank God for uh, Apple Music. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, that's another thing that people can develop that gift. and It's a place of connection and worship for them with God. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, God really gave us this vision to, uh, to see a school of arts implemented in our church. And uh, it's been just great to see what God has done over the last couple of years as he's brought Fisher, Pastor Fisher onto our team to lead that and to direct that. And he has just been doing a phenomenal job behind the scenes, getting everything set up. And some of you might wonder, how is the School of Arts connected to Crosspoint Church? And, uh, and, and so I'll just tell you that it, it's a separate LLC that will operate under the auspices of Crosspoint Church. And, uh, and so for some of you who are like, is this going to be free? No, it's not, uh, and because this isn't just a handful of lessons. Instead, we're believing that this is going to meet a need of people in our church and in our community. And to have instructors to do that, then we'll be paying the instructors to do that. So on your way out today... As you leave out the east entrance, which is the main entrance with the four doors, to the left-hand side, you'll see a Crosspoint School of Arts logo on a door, and that's where we'll start out the School of Music. There are three rooms that have already been framed up. This week, the drywall will go in, and so the construction is moving forward with that. I can't wait for the Sunday when we can open that door and for you to just peek in and see what's going to be happening in there. And so I do encourage you to... um, on your way out today to make sure that you get a QR code and sign up. And uh, we're very, very excited about the future. It's fun to see a dream come to fruition. And, uh, and so we're in the steps now to make that happen. One more thing, it is for all ages. It's not just for kids. You know, we oftentimes think it's, think it's for youth or kids, it's for all ages. We all have gifts. There's no time, you know, expiration on the gift that God has given you. So don't feel like, you know, you're past the point of learning it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, we go back to where we started this morning. And the, one, the place that we started this morning was that the one thing that's central in our life is our relationship with Jesus. And I can point back to that defining moment for me, December 31st, 1992, 
at a church in Memphis, Tennessee, where I remember, uh, I remember where I was sitting. I remember what that moment looked like where Jesus found me. And, uh, and I just wonder maybe this morning if there are some of you who don't have a relationship with Jesus who are like, you know what, I want that to be part of my story. I want to be a follower of Jesus. And so in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that, and here's what I believe can happen. Is I believe that some of you will look back on this date of August 7th, 2022, and when someone asks you in the future to tell about the defining moments of your life, you'll look back to this date. You'll remember where you were sitting. You'll remember what things look like, and you'll remember the feeling of the Spirit of God tugging at your heart to no longer be lost, but to be found and to be saved. I'm gonna ask that you would bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe there are some of you who've come in today or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior and you say, today, I wanna become a follower of him. Maybe there are some of you who have a similar story to what Pastor Fisher shared this morning, how at one time he walked with God when he was younger and then walked away and then he came back and maybe today is the day where some of you will come back. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, that's me, I need to ask Jesus to come into my life for the very first time. Or you say, I need to see my relationship restored back to him. When I count to three, why don't you slip up your hands all across this room? One, two, three, lift them up all across this room. Thank you, I see those hands, you can put them down. Three, are there others this morning? Four, are there others? Thank you. Let's all stand. Here's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and if you raise your hand, I want you to repeat it after me and mean it with everything that's within you. But know that you won't be praying this prayer alone but that each of us in support of you will also be praying this morning. Let's pray, say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've messed up. This morning I ask for your forgiveness. Come and give me a fresh start. Be my savior. Be my king. Take over every area. Take over every aspect. And help me from this day forward to live for you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for what he's done this morning? If you prayed that prayer in person or online, we'd ask that you would text the word YES to 319-250-8998. Text the word YES to 319-250-8998. We want to uh, follow up with you and encourage you in the decision that you've made today. At the end of each service, we leave time for the prayer team to come to the front on both sides of the stage and for people who've come here today needing anything to come forward for prayer. And before that happens, I just have to share a couple of stories with you. Matt McClellan's sitting back behind us. They've got a little girl named Lucy, and a couple of weeks ago, she was so sick that she had to be hospitalized. And the tests were not good. The oxygen levels were not good. All of the, the different details of this story Pastor Fisher called Matt on the phone and prayed with him over the phone and instantly Lucy became well and she was no longer hospitalized. She was able to go home. I love it. 
I love it. I got one more story to build your faith this morning, and I, I have permission to share the story, but not the names. But here's what I received after church last week. I thought I better share this. Sunday, I went to the prayer team for my grandmother who was hospitalized overnight on Saturday after being in the ER several times. Her blood work on Saturday night slash Sunday morning was not good. And her MRI showed shadowing, of, uh, which is not a good sign. And she said, fast forward to this Sunday, after the, uh, after the prayers, after the tests and after the prayers, my grandmother was pain-free. She's hospitalized, in pain, has negative tests, has shadowing in an MRI that resembles cancer, and now all of a sudden, her granddaughter comes to the front of a church service, receives prayer, the grandmother's no longer in pain, the doctors, yeah, you can praise God for that, but it gets even better. When she's no longer in, the, in pain, the doctors rerun the test. She said they redid the blood work and the MRI, the doctor is in such disbelief. Everything is in the normal range and the MRI is normal. He said there is no explanation for this. But she says, yes, there is. <laughs> she said that the doctor was prepared to send her grandmother for surgery to Iowa City. And they were thinking that she had cancer. But in a moment, in a moment, because somebody said, I don't care what anybody else thinks about me this morning. I'm gonna go forward for prayer and I'm gonna believe God to do something miraculous. It's amazing. Last week we talked about David and Goliath. And this giant comes against David and he says, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And I just wonder what some of you are facing today. Maybe some of the counselors have said to you, your marriage is doomed. There's no chance. Pastor Madison, thanks for talking about speaking life this morning. Maybe for some of you, there's been a diagnosis at the doctor. And today you say, you know what? Thank you, doctor, for the diagnosis that you've given to me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that to somebody else. And I'm gonna give that somebody else a chance to change that report and speak life over me. So in just a moment, we're going to lead out on this song. As we do, the prayer team's going to make their way up to the front. And if you've come here today needing prayer for anything, I would encourage you to step out of your seat and come forward. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for what you've done in our lives this morning and for the ability to just turn around and use it for your glory. So God, I pray for those who've come in today needing a touch from you that in this atmosphere of faith, in an atmosphere where you are faithful, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, you healed in the past, you healed even last week, and you're able and willing to heal today. So God, I pray that whatever people have come here with, that in just a moment, that they would leave change, that you would meet their needs in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, well, let's sing this out together. All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude 
again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much I've nothing else fit for King Except for a heart singing Hallelujah Hallelujah God, this morning we thank you for what you've done we thank you for the needs that have been met of people who've come in today desperate and in a need for a touch from you. God, I pray that this would be an every week occurrence where we would be standing up declaring your goodness, declaring your miracle working power. God, I pray for those in this room today who are still far from you that before they walk out these doors, that you would draw their hearts to you, that you would find them today. Lord, for those that wanna serve you, who wanna discover their gifts and discover their purpose, I pray that you help them to get signed up for Growth Track, that as they go through that, that they'll discover the things within them. And as they discover that, as they say, God, here am I, whatever you can use in me, use it for your glory that they would turn around and use it for your glory and they would develop it. God, we pray for kids and adults, for those part of our church and those part of our community who will go through Cross Point School of Arts, we pray that it will start a movement. Lord, we thank you for the excellence that's displayed every Sunday morning here in our church, for so the talent that you've brought to us and, and, the, and, and those people's willingness to turn around and use it for your glory. But I, I just pray. Uh, that there would be a new generation and an older generation both that would be raised up, that would have hearts of worshipers, that would leverage their musical ability for a connection point to you. God, I pray for some of the kids that will go through it, that it will be an anchor to the church. It'll be a connection point and it will be an anchor. It'll be something that will keep them part of the church for decades and for the rest of their lifetime, that there won't be this great falling away, but this will just be one more tool, one more way for people to encounter the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit as we praise you. So God, as we leave from this place today, would you give us more opportunities to share your gospel? Give us the courage to share what you've done in our lives and point people towards you. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you've come today. On your way out the door, if this is your first time here, we have a Connection Center. We'd encourage you to take your Connect card out there and receive a free gift from us. It's a t-shirt. Love to give that to you, as well as make sure that you scan that QR code and get yourself signed up or your family members signed up for the School of Arts. God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Thanks for joining us. 
We hope that this message was inspiring and encouraging. For more information about this message or about all things Crosspoint, check out our Facebook and head to our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com.